It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Mike Ross. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 19, Season 2 of Leafs Sky. The Leafs coming off a Western trip where they lost two in a row in regulation, which hasn't happened since late October, and finally winning Monday night in Seattle, and now they're into the busy part of the schedule. We'll explore that in a moment, but first, let me pass along this tidbit of information. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill, good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your area, you can still take a shot at a big payday. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. The promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. So the trip goes like this. 5-2 loss in Calgary. Last Thursday, bad second period. Physical play by the Flames. No answer back for the Leafs. Bad start in Vancouver. 3-2 loss. Could have won the game. 6-2 Monday night in Seattle. Back home for games against Pittsburgh and St. Louis later this week. So we're at the point where five weeks, less a day, away from the trade deadline. You're looking at the Leafs roster, and you're thinking, what do we have here? Like, how much do we put on that loss in, in Calgary? Because they couldn't answer back physically, or it appeared that way. And how much do we put on acquiring a top four defenseman and how can they do that how can they squeeze that player in under the cap and what does it cost to get him oh so many questions our guest today is dave mccarthy from sirius xm nhl network radio and nhl.com and dave and i try to figure all that stuff out right now so the least completing a road trip uh, loss in calgary loss in vancouver and they don't usually lose back-to-back in regulation. Hasn't happened since October. And then the win Monday night in Seattle where they totally controlled that game. I guess the relevant question, Dave, coming out of this is, what does this mean? I don't know if it means all that much, to be honest with you, Jim, because to me it was a, a trip that was jammed into the schedule um, in a break that they ended up having because they didn't go to the Olympics games that they needed to fill back in again. So, um yeah, look, they probably should have beat Vancouver on Saturday, right? Thatcher Demko went all world and made, what, over 50 saves. 
um, chances are you play like that more often than not. You win a hockey game. So I don't think it's it's reason to get too concerned. They were quite dominant against Seattle. I liked a lot of their game. Um, you know, against Calgary, that would be the game where I'd zero in on and say, okay, well, that was kind of an interesting litmus test because uh, I, I like what I've been seeing from Calgary, to be honest with you, for a lot of this season. They kind of went into a bit of a dip with their schedule when they got shut down and then to get up and running, they kind of hit the skids a little bit, but I think they've got it dialed in again now. And you just watch the way they play. Uh, they, they provide a different style of play uh, to, to the Leafs to face there than a lot of teams that they match up. They play a heavier, harder style. And not only do they play that way, but they've also got the skill and the talent too. So I, this Calgary team to me is impressive, and that's the type of team that I think Toronto is going to have to find a way to to beat and look comfortable against if they intend to go on a run to get to where they want to go. Um, so that to me would be the game where I'd, I'd sit back if I were Kyle Dubas and just say, hmm, okay, interesting, uh, to see how we performed against the Flames in that one. Um other than that, though, the way they played against Vancouver and Seattle, I think it was it was just fine. But but that's the team, Calgary. Teams like that, Florida in the East, you know, uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina, even maybe not as physical, but they've got a, a bit of an edge to them. But man, do they forecheck really really hard. Those teams that put pressure on you seem to be the ones that give the Leafs. Um, I don't know if it, it fits is the right word, but at least better competition and a better challenge. Yeah, I, I agree with you. In fact, as you were describing Calgary, I was thinking how Winnipeg last year when they were in that all-Canadian division, how Winnipeg originally played against the Leafs. They went after them physically, and it took the Leafs. Of course, they played them 10 times, so it took the Leafs a while to figure out how to deal with that, and they eventually did. And you know, I, I don't want to like put too much emphasis on that Calgary game, but in that second period, I mean, that, that physical thickness of the Flames roster sort of uh, got the Leafs off what they were doing, and, and it was expensive because they scored a lot of goals in there, and, and I didn't see much of a counterpunch, so, so that would be my concern. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I didn't see much of a counterpunch at all. The game sort of got away from them once Calgary decided to exert their will physically on the Leafs, and it was just like, to me, the the look was, all right, well, it's going to be one of those nights uh, probably not interested in this one, and then uh, Jack Campbell was not all that good either, which didn't help. Um, let in a few goals that I'm sure he'd like to have back. So you have those two things work against you. It becomes really difficult to win. But you know that's what you're going to end up coming up against in the playoffs. You're, you're going to face teams like that. At least have been pre-scouted for years now, and it's it's no secret that when the game goes down that road. Uh, you got a better chance to beat Toronto than if you just try to play a skill game with them. Chances are the Leafs are going to win that game. So we, we saw Montreal figure that out in the playoffs last year. And once they really started to play that way uh, in games five, six, and seven, the Leafs didn't have any response. I've liked more of what I've seen from Toronto this year in terms of their ability to push back, um, their their desire to not let um, whoever it is, do whatever they want to one of their best players. Like there was the hit on, um, forget who the hit was. It was Kasha, right, on Thursday, um, right. where Riley where Riley jumped right in. And that's not something yeah. that you, you see Morgan Riley doing all that often, but Wayne Simmons was, was not in the lineup that day. So Riley stepped up. And 
I like that, but it, we didn't see it carry out throughout the course of the game. Just And again, it's not – see, this is where people, I think, get confused when I talk about these types of things, Jim. It, it's not always that type of thing. I don't need guys running around punching guys in the head, but it's the way in which you play. Um, do you have a desire to clear the front of the net? Do you have a desire to get to the front of the other team's net? Do you have a desire to take the hits? to get the puck out two feet above the blue line. Um, and, and those are the types of things that I didn't see all that much interest in in the second half of that Calgary game. Not so much the, the jumping in to, to, to retaliate if somebody gets liberties taken against them, but just that, that, that purposeful, heavy style. I didn't see enough of that in the second half of that Calgary game that seemed to come back to hurt them. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think people are looking for the uh, the retribution play within 20 seconds of the hit. Uh, but for me, it would be, okay, you did that to Kasia. We're going to do that to somebody on your team. We're going to stand somebody up. And by the way, every shift for the rest of this period, we're going to, we're going to finish the, we're going to finish the check. We're going to take the body to answer. You, you answer back on mass, not one guy. Right. I, I don't, and you know, Simmons wasn't in the game. So, so then you're putting Morgan Riley in danger. So, so it has to be everybody. Are you confident that this roster can do that? Uh, I mean, the real, the real answer right now, Jim is, is no, I'm not because I haven't seen it in enough examples or certainly over the course of a playoff series. And um, I I've seen, I've seen improvements in the way the Leafs play this year that I like. Um, they, they seem to be more engaged uh, a lot of the time. They seem to be making less plays where they're shooting themselves in their foot by having possession and turning back and then turning your back on the four checker and then getting in trouble and then turning it over. I don't see that as often. I saw it last night, in fact, though, against Seattle. Nylander did it, which was not ideal. But, you know, no team's perfect. You're make a mistake every now and again. Fine. But I've seen improvements in that regard. But I still have questions when they go up against teams like Calgary, like Carolina, like Florida, like Tampa Bay. Um, you know, we'll get a, get, get a good look here against Pittsburgh coming up on Thursday. These teams that um, either have a willingness to play a heavier game or have um, history in the playoffs of success, of understanding how to play, I don't know, conservative is the right word, but, but just manage the game effectively and don't beat themselves. The Leafs have a ton of success when they get up against an opponent where there's there's room all over the place and it's it's up and down the ice um it's it's nothing but skill the Leafs will will beat you nine times out of ten I'm not as confident against teams that that are willing to manage the game a little bit better and like I said I've seen improvement I feel more confident this year than I was even last year at this time with what Toronto might be able to put together I like the strides of some of their, their again, young players, but they're not that young anymore. Matthews, Marner, um, I thought have, have played really well lately this year um, for most of the year. Um, so, so there is that. But over the course of a seven-game series, if you get a team that's really willing to lean on you, are they going to be willing to lean back for that amount? Of, I'm not sure yet. So um, I, I guess, well, it's a boring answer, but really only time will tell. And I think until 
we see them push through, I think it's difficult to have a great deal of confidence because they don't play like, for instance, Florida does. To me, put it this way: if you ask me between Toronto and Florida right now, two teams that have um, relatively equal amounts of success in the playoffs, which is to say, not much. I would be more confident in Florida winning a playoff series right now than I would Toronto. Oh boy, I don't know if I could agree with that, but I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, so when you look at the Leafs roster, you're happy with it because it's better than it was before. It's got all kinds of depth, offensive depth and, and, and defensive depth, actually. And when you looked at when they were playing really well, uh, good uh, attention to detail defensively, good offense. Uh, but what the, the, I think the remaining question is what you've said is when you get in against a team that has that physical edge, and let's, let's be honest, Calgary's a Daryl Sutter team. It, it mm-hmm. plays exactly how he wants so, so teams are constructed that way, or in a 4-7 or seven playoff series, when you're facing elimination, you will play that way because you have no alternative. I don't know how the Leafs contend with that because when I look at the roster, I see a, a, a vast improvement over a year ago from, from a lot of people, if not all of them. But I don't know that they're able to, to figure out how to do with that physical edge that could come at you shift after shift after shift because I, I, I'm not seeing it here and I don't know where it would come from. Well, that's the thing. It, and it's not about going out of the deadline and adding, you know, um, a guy built like a condominium to your lineup. One guy alone is not going to fix it, right? Um, yeah. it, it comes, as you said earlier, um, through the entire team itself, the way in which each line comes at you. Uh, shift after shift. Then you look at a team like Carolina. They don't really have uh, a ton of guys that are mutants out there, but the way they play is relentless. Like they are on top of you um, in the offensive zone uh, within, you know, a half a second. So if you turn to get the puck in your corner, there's a guy right on you. You're forced to make a play quickly. That's that's what I'm talking about, the relentlessness with which they come at you. The Leafs, at times they do, but then they're like, – I don't know how anybody can argue it. There's also times in the game where it's, okay, let's peel back. Let's let's have a look, see what we got there. Uh, let's hang on to possession. Oh, let's see if we can skate through the neutral zone. Oh, no, we couldn't do that. I'll turn the puck over back the other way. Damn. And, okay, now we're just going to sort of peppy lapew it back into the defensive zone and, and see if – oh, it's in our net. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Where, okay, that doesn't work over over a seven game playoff series. That type of play will beat you. Uh, you will beat yourself with it. So um, that that's the question that I have. I mean, I, I look at Florida right now, and I just I see a a relentlessness in the way they play too. There's more of an edge to the way they play, I think, than Carolina. But there's a relentlessness. There's a heaviness. I think their goaltending is is great this year with Bobrovsky. I think they've got threats up and down their lineup to score, so it's not just a third and fourth line of of, of rugged sandpaper. There, there's guys that can score up and down that lineup. Um, and I think much like the Leafs, I think Florida should go out and look to add a, another defenseman. If they can do that, Toronto can do that. I think that would really help them from the personnel standpoint, but – I mean, that's why I just look at Florida, a potential uh, first-round opponent for the Maple Leafs. And um, I'm, not, I'm not convinced because 
even look at the way Florida played Tampa Bay in the, in the first round last year. Like, the, they were coming downhill at Tampa Bay um, really from the get. Like, that was ridiculous, that first-round playoff series, the level of intensity. Um, I'm not sure – I'm not confident Toronto matches that, and they're going to have to if, if they want to beat Florida. And that, that's why I, I look at the Panthers and say, if I had to bet, I think I might bet on them in a playoff series against Toronto. Well, uh, we're going to disagree. You're, I mean, there are a lot of people that would agree with you and, and few that would agree with me. I, I sort of look at Florida as good as they are. as They haven't proven anything in the playoffs. Uh, Neither of Toronto. Say, I know, but, but the Leafs have had their battle with adversity. Uh, Florida hasn't that way. I mean, the Leafs have had their face rubbed in it. And so, uh, I mean, there, there's uh, there's kickback that's going to come there. However, having said that, and I also put Tampa in the same category because most people anoint them as the Stanley Cup winners, and, and with all due respect, uh, I just find that teams that have won Stanley Cups in the past, something silly happens to them in the first or, or second round that people don't see. So I'm willing to call Florida, Tampa Bay, and the Leafs as a dead heat. Uh, it's a coin flip for me. Most people wouldn't agree with that, but I, I think there's things on the other side for Florida and Tampa Bay that cancel out. Now, the, the least issue for me is, and it's, I, I like this roster, it's as good as they, as they could possibly hope for, but it goes back to can you create your own space? Because what I see now is if they find a seam, they're very creative offensively, and, and they've got a really deep roster, but if somebody's doing a Velcro on you, can you find the space to have that offense work, and, and I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I don't either. Look, I think Matthews has, has played really well this year. Um, you know, physically isn't the right word, but using his body to his advantage, even better than he had in the past. So, um, I, I'm confident in his ability. But you know, and like I really hesitate to say this because I know I'm going to get roasted. But I need to see it from Mitch Marner in the playoffs. Right, like oh, he's, that's an true. he's an unbelievable regular season. He's playing great right now. Um, he looks like he's sort of adapted the way he thinks about the offensive game because there seems to be more of a willingness for him to shoot the puck, right? Um, like that yeah. other day he had 10 shots when he was trying to keep the goal streak going. Um, <laughs> I thought at times, man, this guy's going to start shooting from the bench because he wants – so it's probably <laughs> – Probably wasn't a bad thing that the, the goal streak came to an end just so that he gets that out of his system. But, but I do like the way he's, he's brought in a, a shooting mentality. Um, there was a play against uh, Vancouver the other night where the puck came off the, the half boards in, uh, in the offensive zone, and he was kind of like just a little, little to the right of the dot. And he just turned and fired it, got it on net, he didn't score, but I remember there was a, a rebound in front, chaos, and they got a good chance out of it. And to me, that was a play, I don't know if you remember specifically, but to me, that's a play um, in years past or even earlier in the season where he probably would have just hung on to it, curled back, see if there was a late guy coming in, try to make something happen. Maybe he does, maybe he turns it over, whatever. But just that willingness to get it to the net, that's good. What'll, what it will do, I think, is now that you have to respect that aspect of his game, it'll help him have more um, room to hang onto the puck to work his magic that way. Um, so I, I like the way he's played, but again, man, in the in the playoffs, guys are going to lean on Mitch Marner. They really, really are, and that's been one of the reasons why, come playoff time for the last three years, his game has not been the same game that we've seen in the regular season. 
So it's, it's going to be incumbent on him to be much better than he was in the playoffs this year than he was last year, the previous, previous two seasons before that. If he can't be, if he is not going to be, that's going to be a problem for the Leafs. It, it really, really is. Because, you know, Matthews, Marner, um, they're going to have to be the guys that really, really carry this load. Like, I think they'll get some contributions from, from uh, Tavares Nylander, but I think more so if, if they can play um, in, in a role where they're taking on some heavier minutes and just, just keeping their opponents at bay, there's probably a win in that. Um, they give Marner and Matthews an opportunity to really get after it offensively. Um, the third line of, of Kasha Camp and, uh, and Mikheyev, they can probably take on some heavier minutes too, um, which, is, which is good. I mean, they've been deployed in that fashion this year, and they've done a really good job. So it's really going to come down to Matthews and Marner. Will they be able to get it done offensively? Unlike, you know, by and large, the last few seasons, Matthews was better, but Marner really needs to, to step to the fore and have a, a playoff coming out party. If, if he can, it's going to be a problem this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he has to change his narrative. Uh, and let's be honest here. Uh, you know this as, as good as anybody. When you're in a 4-7 or seven playoff box is what I call it, uh, everybody knows what everybody's capable of. And so you know this, that, that they, uh, the other team will start to do things to Marner in the first game that may not show up on the score sheet, but they're, they're built to win four out of seven. It's not who gets the series lead. It's what will turn the series. Now, when, I, when you rhymed off those three lines, I really like those top three lines because there's just depth there and there's um, all kinds of offense. And, and you know, there's, I, I really love that third line because it, I, I just think it's, it's the best they've had. And so there's your matchup. You've got three lines that strong, and, and maybe the team you're playing against doesn't. But, you know, the, it, you still have to create your own space. Now, you know, I'm going to just sort of a sidebar off. If, if Calgary could go out and get Tyler Toffoli, you're wondering why the Leafs wouldn't make that trade. And, and then as soon as you say that, so, so what would you give up? Uh, where would you put them on this lineup? And, and what does it solve? So I think we're going to play that game a lot with teams acquiring players. Why didn't the Leafs get them? But, but how would that work on, on this team? Yeah, I don't. I I don't think that's a thought that really came to my mind. To be honest with you, I don't think that's where they need to spend their money. I mean, on the right side, look, you've got uh, you've got Marner, you've got Nylander. You know, he, he's not playing. He's not playing there. If you want to put him on the left side, um, like who you who you taking off? Bunting's been an unbelievable fit on that line. I love the way this guy's played. Like, really, really love everything about this guy. Um, Kerfoot has been strong. Like I, I think he's he's changed his narrative. I remember in the summertime, Tim, you and I were talking about is there room for this guy on this team? Yeah. It, well, right now there is. He's he's played that well, so I don't think they need an upgrade there. Uh, and what he also does is he represents uh, a little bit of versatility. If if somebody should go down up the middle of the ice, he can he can switch to play center. Um, so you've got flexibility in your lineup there. And, and Mikheyev, the guy's played great. So I, I don't think Tyler Toffoli was the guy they needed. I don't think they needed another guy that can score 20 goals um, at, at, at that money. Uh, what they need is a guy to play with Jake Muzz. They, they just It's non-negotiable, yep. as you like to say. Um, yep. it, it has to happen because, like Justin Hall again yesterday against the, the Kraken on Monday night, on the goal that uh, they, they scored early in the game, like he didn't get the puck out. I know he hit the ref. It was a bit of a bad break, but 
Oh, you know, the amount of times that this guy's in the movie, same thing earlier in the trip, um, banged into the, into the goalie um, when he was coming back and being out of position. And then that led to a schmozzle. Like, he's just, he can't play top four minutes. Maybe he's a guy that you can slot on your bottom pair um, and, and deploy strategically throughout the game. But, but that, that second pairing of Muzzin and Hall, if you think that's going to be good enough um, to win four playoff rounds against good teams, I hate to tell you, it's not going to work. So they, they need to address that area. They, they really, really need to, to, to figure out a way to get better there. Um, that, that to me, is, 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 is focus number one and really should be the only focus for Kyle Dubas heading into the trade deadline because I don't think they really – I mean, look, they, they don't have a lot of assets right now um, in terms of picks and prospects. Um, and certainly Dubas, when he spoke last week, talked about being reluctant to, to move draft picks because he doesn't want to be a one-and-done type of team. He wants to be a, a bit of a sustainable contender. So not ideal to trade draft picks. They don't have a ton of, of A-level prospects. I don't think you want to get rid of a guy like Nick Robertson. Um, so you don't have a lot of capital to, to deal from. So uh, really the one area is is that top four defenseman. If they can find that from a personnel standpoint, I think Tyle's done the best job that he can with the group that he has to put the team in a position to have success. Yeah, I, see, I agree with that. So, I mean, the whole Tyler Toffoli exercise for me was basically to get everybody to understand that the forwards they have uh, are good enough to go with. Whether or not they get the job done is another story, and I don't think anybody would, would really mess with that forward unit. Uh, so if we go back to what you're saying about the Muzzin partner uh, so one missing piece. So again, you're looking for that guy to come on, uh, come in and and gel with Muzzin and, and be the difference. That is a, an extremely tall order, isn't it? Well, it's not easy to do to bring in um, a guy that's going to be a central part of your team late in the year, right? Like it's, it tends to be why a lot of of blockbuster trade deadline deals don't end up going on to have the the type of success that you would think in name only, they should have. Because you're bringing a guy in, he's got to learn a new system, he's got to get comfortable with a new set of line mates or a new deep partner. Um, you know, And then you got to try to hit the ground running. And as you try to figure that out before, you know, it all, well, there's only five games left in the season um, and, and all of that. So it's not easy. It tends to be why a lot of the teams that have success with the deadline just make those sort of under-the-radar depth deals you know, a, a forward down your line of a depth team and that ends up coming in handy. But, you know, that, that being said, I think the Leafs don't have that luxury right now because with the lineup they have, I don't think it's good enough on the back end. I, I just, I really don't. Like, in Calgary, I like what they did in getting to Foley because they went out and got him five weeks before the deadline. So there's lots of time for him to get comfortable there with that lineup. And I, I think that was an area of need that they had. Like Brett Ritchie, who's been playing in Calgary, he's played 22 games. He's got zero points. They need to get him down the lineup a little bit or out of the lineup. So bringing in a guy like <laughs> Toffoli, well, now now all of a sudden you lengthen your forward lineup and you've got um, the Goudreau-Lindholm line. You've got the Backland, um, you know, Kachuk line. Uh, now you've got Monaghan, Toffoli, or you know, Manjapani's in the mix. So you've got three really legitimate lines now, and you've got a bit of a heavier line. 
they needed that. They they needed um, uh, some uh, addressing of their of their forward group just to lengthen their lineup a little bit. And they did it. And that was smart. Five weeks in advance. Um, Toronto has that same level of need on the blue line with Jake Muzzin to me because what you have right now is it, it's it's okay. It's probably enough to get you through the regular season and into the playoffs. Um, and it's it's served you over the last year and a half or so. But what you've what you've seen, hopefully, if you're Kyle Dubas in in that time over the last year and a half, is what it is, which is what I said it was. It's enough to get you through the regular season, but it's not enough to go up against uh, quality opponents in a seven-game playoff series four times to win a Stanley Cup. And to use Kyle Dubas's own words, we're in win-now mode. The purpose is to win a Stanley Cup. That's not going to get it done what they have. Okay, so there's five weeks minus a day till the trade deadline. So I'm going to throw this at you. January 28, 2019, from Los Angeles to Toronto, uh, Jake Muzzin going the other way, Sean Gersey, Carl Grundstrom in a first-round pick. Um, this is the kind of – that Muzzin trade, think about that Muzzin trade because that's the exact trade they have to make, something like that, to find his partner. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's probably more or less what it's going to cost. Um, nowadays, we, we've seen players of lesser caliber um, go for first-round picks at the deadline in, in recent years. So guys like Barkley Goudreau for Tampa Bay, nobody thought of him as a guy that would yield a first-round pick, um, but he did. And Tampa Bay was willing to to pay that, that price because they desperately, like you know the Leafs right now, I would think with their blue line, Tampa Bay at that time, identified that they had a desperate need for what Barkley Gaudreau brought so that they could, they could change the complexion of their lineup a little bit, uh, have different elements to their group on that third line, which ended up paying uh, so many dividends for them uh, on, on two consecutive playoff runs. The Leafs have that same desperate need. So as another general manager, if Kyle Dubas shows up on your call screener, you know that he's calling to ask you about, um, a top four defenseman that could be available. You're not throwing him a life preserver. You're throwing him an anvil. Okay, you want him? Well, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you a first round pick. It's going to cost you, you know, at least a reasonable, reasonable prospect. But I think the Leafs have no choice but to pay it this year because otherwise you're you're kind of caught halfway between between two schools of thought, right? Like if you want to go for it and and win, as he said, you're in win now mode. Well, you have a glaring error that if you don't address, you're not going to win, no matter how good you think the rest of your lineup is. Okay, so, well, but then if you don't make that move, um, you want to you want to hang on to assets to try to continue to be sustainable um, and, and add to your group over years to come. Well, okay, but then you're not winning now, and you may not win even down the road because the way you're – your team will look will, will start to change with with the salary cap and guys who need need raises guys like Jack Campbell if you want Ilya McKayev to be in the mix he's going to need money and um and all of that so like then what are you doing right you, you got to go one way or the other and I think you have really no choice but to to pay the price to go out and address that that desperate area of need on the blue line Dave thanks very much really appreciate it thanks Jim.
last minute of play in this podcast. All right, there's the time warning from Mike Ross, our PA announcer. Time now for a lickety split. Yes, guy, no guy. Yes, guy, no guy. Number one, the Leafs must make that defensive deal by the trade deadline. In other words, get a partner for Jake Muzzin. Oh, yes, guy. This is a glaring hole on this team. They need to make that trade. An emphatic yes, guy. Yes, guy, no guy. Number two, you worry about the Leafs' ability to create their own space or handle physical play from the opposition. I'm going to say yes, guy. I think they do a better job of it, but still, room for improvement. A lot of what they do is based on defensive responsibility, puck possession, and then offense. These are great things to have. But what happens when somebody gets in the way of you doing that? That's my question. So I'm going to say, yes, I worry about that. Yes, guy, I do. Yes, guy, no guy number three. Mitch Marner will have a good playoff run. Oh, I'm going to say, yes, guy. I always believe that when a player is on the spot, he responds. This is a really high-talented player. He's going to respond. I don't don't think there's any option here. So yes, guy to that. In our final yes, guy, no guy. The Leafs adding a defensive partner for Jake Muzzin solves everything. Oh, no guy. No guy, it doesn't. It's a big help. But in order to win the Stanley Cup, what does it take? It takes everything and everybody. You bring the guy in the room. He makes Jake Muzzin better. He makes the team better. But everybody else still has to chip in. Hope you enjoyed Episode 19, Season 2 of Leaf Sky. Hope you return next week for Episode 20.